I am Sneha Hiremat, founder of Ace Advisors, a consulting firm specialized in external communications. This is Planet BE, a podcast where every week I will take you backstage to meet a private equity player. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jasmin Capital, a placement agent and secondary transaction advisor for private equity, infrastructure, and private debt. Jasmin Capital covers Europe, North America, Asia-Pacific, and the Middle East. Hello, and welcome to Planet PE. My guest today is Eddie Misrahi, CEO of Apex Partners. Eddie joined the firm in 1991 as a partner responsible for investments in the TMT sector. He became Managing Director in 2007 and Chairman and CEO in 2010. Before Apex Partners, Eddie worked with McKinsey & Company in Paris. Hello, Eddie. Good morning. Uh, could you begin by giving us a quick overview of Apex Partners? Sure. Um, the firm today is uh, essentially a French uh, GP. We have about 4 billion euros under management. Uh, the firm is independent and owned by its partners. Uh, the firm covers three major activities today and is organized around uh, three teams. Uh, we have a team that focuses on uh, growth and buyout situations in the mid-market. Uh, we have a team and that team, sorry, um, uh, basically manages funds of b between one and one and a half billion euros. We have a small cap team, which manages funds of about 250 million euros. And we have a third activity with a, another team focused on um, investing in publicly listed companies uh, with a private equity model of governance. So with board seats and very active participation uh, in the company's governance. Uh, we operate across Europe with a very special focus on France, uh, the Benelux countries, Switzerland and Italy. Uh, we, uh, as I said, invest essentially in buyout and growth situations, but with a very strong sector specialization in four sectors, tech and telecom, consumer, uh, business and financial services and healthcare. We have a total team of about 60 people. And today we manage uh, 21 portfolio companies, 15 in the mid cap activities and six in the small cap activity. That's basically what we are. You joined Apex nearly 30 years ago in 1991. Where did the company stand at the time in terms of funds under management, investment strategy and segments? Was it already a key player in the private equity industry? Well, it was clearly a key player in the sense that uh, the founder of Apex in France uh, had uh, basically created the first uh, FCPR, which was the uh, vehicle that was used at the time to, uh, to manage private equity funds. When I joined, uh, the firm had just raised its uh, third fund, which was about 600 million francs. So, you know, slightly less than 100 million euros. So I think funds under management was, were roughly 150 million. Um, and that was one of the largest, was clearly, I think, the largest player in the French market. Uh, 
And uh, at that time, you know, the industry really did not, did not exist. Uh, private equity was essentially a cottage industry. And um, yeah, I would say it was not uh, segmented the way it is segmented today, a multitude of uh, niche uh, strategies. Uh, the fund uh, that was just raised at the time, this uh, 100 million euro fund, uh, followed what used to be called uh, balanced fund strategy. So in the same fund, you had venture investments, growth investments, and buyout investments. Uh, and uh, it is at that time that the firm uh, decided to focus on, uh, you know, sector uh, specific sectors of the economy with dedicated teams. And that was really very innovative at the time when most buyout funds were generalist funds uh, in the early 90s. Uh, and at that time, the French, the, uh, sorry, the firm was French focused, because if you recall, you had uh, an APAX in the UK, another APAX in the US, an APAX in Germany. And uh, we were basically doing deals in France and a few pan-European deals alongside our colleagues uh, working together uh, on pan-European transactions. Uh, you just spoke about a balanced fund strategy. That just sounds like, wow, I think it's unimaginable today to have a fund where you're basically mixing all of the private equity strategies. So we've come a long way since then. Um, we have. This might be a little difficult to answer, but I would like to know what Apex Partners' defining moments have been over the last 30 years, and I'm sure you've had a lot of them. Yeah, it is a, a difficult question. Uh, I would say the first defining moment was probably the decision to focus on certain sectors of the economy with dedicated teams, a tech and telecom team, a consumer goods and services team, a healthcare team, and a business and financial services team. I think that was really paved the way for what Apex is today. I think the, the second um, defining moment uh, basically took place 10 years later uh, with the uh, bursting of the internet bubble. Uh, that created a very sharp and deep rethinking about our strategy and at that time, we decided to stop investing in venture and to focus exclusively on growth and buyout situations, which is still what we do today. There were some further refinements, um, but I think that was clearly a defining moment. And the third one I would say is clearly, and this is more personal, is when uh, the founder of Apex, Maurice Chenot, decided to step back and to basically uh, choose me to be the next leader of the partnership in France. So I think these were three very special moments uh, separated roughly by 10 years each. And uh, I think they, they are key to understand what we are today. 
Uh, we will definitely uh, speak some more a little later about your leadership of Apex today. Uh, you spoke about a defining moment when the internet bubble uh, burst. Uh, we are also currently uh, going through a crisis, which is the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, what do you think could be uh, the impact of this crisis on, on Apex partners? And are there things that could change in your approach? We have been, I guess, in this crisis now for three months. And um, I would say that the very positive outcome uh, of this crisis for us is that we have had very little impact on our portfolio of this crisis. It's uh, really marginal. Uh, we, we, we have some companies, obviously, that have suffered and but will recover. We, we do not expect to lose any investment and we do, we, we do not expect to have to make any significant uh, follow-on investment to defend our companies, if you want. So we have a very strong portfolio. And in a way, I would say this crisis is, instead of forcing us to rethink our strategy, is more of a testament to uh, the fact that our strategy is very appropriate. We focus on very high growth companies and we accelerate their growth with a very systematic value creation uh, plan. And I think uh, this crisis demonstrates that our model is working well. Okay, so very less impact of the current crisis on the portfolio, uh, which brings me to the next question. Uh, what, how do you explain this? What is Apex's USP or unique selling point today? And also, what is your vision for its future in general? Well, I think the, uh, the biggest strength of the firm today is probably our team, or I should say our teams, since we have three of them. Uh, you know, we have a combination of uh, very strong uh, industry expertise in the sectors in which we invest. And we have a team that is a mix of people with uh, investing experience, uh, I would say consulting experience, which have more of a strategic view of, uh, of a company. We have people that come from an investing, uh, sorry, investment bank back background, so we are much more in the deal-making uh, category, I would say. And we have a number of people with very strong operational background. And so uh, I think this mix of skills is and competence is really what is a very strong uh, USP for, for APAX. I think the, uh, the other one is clearly this focus uh, with dedicated teams on certain sectors of the economy, and we are very disciplined. We will not invest in a company that is involved in a sector we do not know extremely well. And I think another one is probably the um, all the internal processes uh, that we have put in place to not only to invest, uh, but to create value in our portfolio in a very systematic fashion. So I think these are the main uh, USPs for Apex. Just to, to focus on that last point, how exactly do you go about adding value to your portfolio companies? Well, we focus on, uh, you know, I would say four major value creation elements. Uh, one is, uh, 
an area in which I think we have been a pioneer, which is what we call the digital transformation of our portfolio companies. So uh, a few years ago, we, we added a chief digital officer to our team and he and the investment teams basically implement and work with the management of the portfolio companies to implement uh, a full digital transformation program within the portfolio company. And that is very systematic from, you know, the day where you study the deal to the day you exit a transaction. So it spans many years. The second one is, I would say, more conventional in the uh, PE industry, which is uh, we help our companies do significant build-ups. In the last three years alone, um, our companies have done more than 40 build-ups. So it's very systematic and it's a I would say almost an industrialized process. Uh, the third one is uh, we endeavor to make our companies more international and that can be organic or through buildups, obviously. And the last uh, way we create value in our portfolio is ESG. Until recently, ESG was seen by most uh, people as a, simply as a way to minimize risk in a portfolio. Uh, today, we see it more and more as a way to create value. And we have very significant ESG programs in every single one of our portfolio companies today. Um, let's talk a little bit about you, Eddie. You went from partner in 1991 to chairman and CEO of Apex in 2010. How would you define your career progression? It's interesting that you ask this question because I, I actually never thought about it as a career progression. When I made my decision to join Apex, I, I sensed uh, coming from a consulting background uh, in the, let's say, late 70s, um, I sensed that the PE industry, which was a cottage industry, as I said earlier, uh, could grow into something much bigger. And as I developed my uh, skills, I guess, at Apex uh, in a partnership, I didn't feel about, you know, career progression. I just felt I was part of a great adventure to create a, a, what has become a fantastic industry. So today, what advice would you give to a young private equity professional? That's also a very difficult question because in the PE industry today, you clearly have people who have had great success coming from very different backgrounds. So I don't think there is a, a recipe, I guess, for you know the perfect CV to succeed in PE. But as the industry gets more and more mature, I, I can't help but feel that uh, you know, getting some kind of operational experience is uh, something that would, I, I think it would add a lot of value to, to people simply because they would, in a way, be more credible in their discussions with management teams in a company. We see that every day at Apex, you know, having run a company makes you immediately understand what the CEO and his team are talking about. 
and understand the challenges of transforming an organization, for example. If not, it, it's very theoretical. That sounds, that sounds clear and that does sound very useful for somebody who wants to get into private equity. Um, before we end this podcast, would you like to share a favorite business resource with us? Sure. I, I, well, everybody reads the FT, so <laughs> I, I won't talk about it. I know what I read uh, from time to time uh, is clearly the, the Harvard Business Review uh, magazine, which is always uh, full of, uh, you know, a very interesting articles. And the other one, uh, being an alumni from McKinsey, is the McKinsey Quarterly, which is also very helpful in... Uh, giving you, I would say, depth in a number of subjects. So these are occasional reads that I, I strongly recommend. Thanks a lot, Eddie. It was lovely chatting with you. Thank you very much and um, good luck. <laughs> Bye-bye. And, and a big thank you to all our listeners. This episode was sponsored by Jasmine Capital, a placement agent and secondary transaction advisor for private equity, infrastructure, and private debt. Jasmine Capital covers Europe, North America, Asia-Pacific, and Middle East.